The city council in Dallas has spoken and they have voted to ban Airbnbs in the greater Dallas area. Let's talk right now with Theron Lewis about how there's still some time left to make sure that this does not fully go through and that there's a common resolution for both neighbors and Airbnb hosts here on the Fearless Investor Podcast. If you are serious about building your short-term rental business to $10,000, $20,000, maybe even $30,000 a month or more, you have come to the right place. My name is Kyle Stanley, and this is the Fearless Investor Podcast, where we teach you all things short-term rentals. The best guests, the best tools, the best strategies. There are so many investing paths out there. It can be seriously overwhelming to start out as a new investor, but take it from me, short-term rentals is the best and the quickest way to build your cash flow. So buckle up, listen in, and get ready to conquer the world of short-term rentals. Here we go. Hey, I need to take a really quick break from this podcast. And if you are a loyal listener of the Fearless Investor Podcast, you're probably either a business owner or looking to start a business. And for that reason, you need to make sure you're doing things correctly down to the T. From forming the correct LLC to bookkeeping to understanding the tax code and more, it's all really the boring stuff, but it can make or break your business. In fact, if you aren't doing it correctly, you could be like 98% of other business professionals in the U.S. and overpay on taxes. Don't do that, guys. Be the 2%, and that's why I rely on Easier Accounting, and so should you. Easier Accounting is a team of tax professionals that will set up your LLC, keep your books, file your taxes, and they can even repair your credit. And just so you know, I myself use Easier Accounting, and this came after using a similar company that, really being blunt here, completely ripped me off. So when I started using Easier Accounting, I came in a little bit skeptical, but as I started talking to them, I could really tell they had my best interests at heart. And you know me, if I'm not a professional, I'm not going to do it myself. I'm going to outsource that stuff. And I hope you will do the same and use that same mindset to hire professionals to help you form and manage your business. Easier Accounting is absolutely the way to go. Go check them out at fearlesskyle.com forward slash easier accounting. Hey, Fearless community, before we get the show started, I want to let you know that you now have the chance to get direct access to me in order to grow and strengthen your short-term rental business. How? The Six Figure Formula Membership. I'm the only one in this space offering this value-packed membership for a stupid, stupid low price of $49 per month, and you get access to me my podcast guests, you get to be a part of our amazing private community, you get our full A to Z business in a box STR kickstart course, and maybe most exciting, especially for me, you get exclusive discounts that we worked for months to get that no one else is getting out there. Price Labs, AirDNA, NoiseAware, HostAway, and so many more at your fingertips. So become a part of this 6FF movement. Get started today for just $49 a month at fearlesskyle.com forward slash 6FF. Hey guys, serious topic today. Uh, so we want to get Team Fearless together to make sure that Dallas is taken care of because if this happens in Dallas, guess what? It can happen anywhere. So if we can use Dallas, just like Atlanta, just like Santa Rosa, just like a lot of these other places as examples where they tried to completely ban SCRs, but then there's a common resolution that comes about. That's exactly what we're trying to fight for and why I wanted to do this podcast with Theron Lewis, who is the STR hero. He has helped a number of different cities to be able to take these strict regulations and find a middle ground between neighbors and Airbnb hosts. So we're going to get right to it now with Theron Lewis. He's going to explain the entire situation, how you can help and how you can get connected with him. Let's get to it. 
No All right. Hey guys. Uh, I, I usually start out the podcast with the same. I'm really excited to have someone on the show, but whenever you see uh, the STR superhero, it usually means that we are, we've got some trouble going on. And so in Dallas, that is the fact right now. So I just want to get everyone there in the details of this new ban that has been passed in Dallas for STRs. And I want to give everyone who's watching this live right now, the opportunity to ask questions, participate. And even if you're listening on the recording a week later when we do post this for our podcast, there's going to be ways that you can help. So please stick here until the end to help with this uh, this opportunity to, to make sure that that Dallas is done right. So Theron, first of all, thanks for jumping on here. And if you want to just kind of lay the, the groundwork here, what's going on in Dallas? What happened this last week? Just catch us up if you can. For sure. So I think the best way to put this is that Dallas has uh, officially passed the ordinance to to ban certain short-term rentals which would take out a good amount of the industry but that does not mean that this is complete and that the ban is actually uh i should say in place and and, and i'll go more into that as i continue but that's kind of the theme of this i would say the theme of my part in this in this podcast is what you're seeing is not exactly the full scope of things just yet there's still another big piece to this and there still can be a very good outcome out of this and i'll explain how that would be the case but to give the background on that mm -hmm. dallas for really i'd say going close to five years has been discussing things with regards to short-term rentals in the last year and a half is when they've really been when those discussions have been heating up and it's mainly been the, the the reasons that they were bringing this up were mainly due to reports of neighbor disturbances a little bit of things like regarding trash that's a smaller thing in this situation and then claims which always creep up with short-term rentals on affordable housing which again these do not mean that these things are are really the fault of the short-term rental industry but these are a lot of the claims that happen worldwide when people bring up this industry and that's what was happening in dallas so what they were doing was proposing an ordinance that would basically take out short-term rentals in residential areas and basically make them only in commercial areas which we anticipated would take out about a good let's say 60 to 70 percent of the industry if they really just did everything they wanted to do mm -hmm. and so that was what was being discussed and they altered it a little bit but that's what they basically passed last week Actually, I want to, excuse me, it was, it was uh, officially on the 14th. Okay. So about eight days ago. Exactly. And, and really, really quick. I just want to pause you because I hate, I hate, I, I re don't use this word very often, but I continue to hate that short-term rentals are being used as a scapegoat for affordable housing. When you look at any market, I'm looking at Dallas right now. Mm -hmm. I have Googled number of homes in Dallas, Texas. There's 581,000 homes in Dallas, Texas. Current short-term rentals, entire houses, 4,931. That is less than 1%. Exactly. One out of every 100 homes is a short-term rental. That is not impacting affordable housing. Not being able to get new construction is the biggest detriment to affordable housing. So with that being said, I just had a conversation with Lucas Krauss about this too, and he's he's big on – I actually want to introduce you to Theron. Uh, he's big on – 
you know, talking about affordable housing and, and uh, SCR as well. So it, it, it really bugs me to hear that. But I do, you know, I read the article and, and we'll, yeah. we'll drop a link to this article as well um, while you're answering this question. But fantastic. I, I read this article and, and it sounded like one of the big driving factors are the things that you're saying. But also it looked like neighbors came out in droves and really were a united front. I saw photos of people saying, you know, homes, not hotels on their shirts. And it seemed like it was a very, it was a very emotional gathering. Um, were you there or do you know someone that was there that gave some insight on what that was like to be there? Oh, so, so absolutely. And so they, here's the thing. They had the shirts, so their branding was on point. We'll, we'll put it like that. I, I, I gotta, I gotta give it to them for that, you know, but the, the reality is it was stacked on, on, on both ends. It was, I'd say about 50, 50 of short-term rental supporters and short-term rental anti folks. And so it was like, guys, this was easily one of the biggest city council meetings that Dallas has ever had. And they even, I think they even noted this in the news report, but this city council meeting lasted from 10 a.m. to 11 p.m. Wow. And again, 10 a.m. Wow. to 11 p.m. Okay. 13 hours. That's crazy. You yeah, this you want to talk about filibusters or, and whatever. I'm not saying that's what was happening, but when you think of like political stuff where it's going on like a marathon, yeah, yeah, this was this was extremely long because of how contentious this issue was and how many people on both sides were very, you know, vocal and very, you know, uh, passionate about what was going on. So the STR community supported in droves, and that's correct. The, the neighbor communities there were the big driving force behind the, let's say the opposition. And, but it, but it was because of those issues that they, they were citing the, oh, there's disturbances in my neighborhood, uh, loud parties, possible crime. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they, they would bring in the affordable housing argument and things like that. Again, these are not things that they were bringing with data and facts, but these are, you know, again, us being used as a scapegoat. And, and that's just how this is in the industry right now. And I always say this in, in all of the, the the content that I put out, all of the speaking engagements that I do, this is a awareness issue. And this all, all of the claims that are happening are due to anecdotal evidence, emotions. That's what's moving the needle against the short-term rental community. And, and I know that everybody really wants pretty much the same thing. We want safe neighborhoods. We want you know, the bad actors to be out of there. Like yeah. that, they don't represent the short-term rental community. We really would do better working together. And that's really what like STR Hero is, is, has been all about. And that's how we've been successful is by showing the decision makers, hey, we're really on the same page. We're not who you think we are. Let's put something together to actually get those bad actors out and, 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 and relieve those, those issues that you're talking about. And so going back to Dallas specifically, that is something that I want to make clear. This is very much still possible. And I'm going to explain what we, we think is really going on here. So, you know, we've, and maybe I'll bring up a couple of more things with regards to the ban, just so people understand the foundation fully. But, you know, that news report spells it out pretty well. You know, what this would do, like they say it would take out a thousand short-term rentals. I would say it would take out at least 50%, if not more, like, because it, it basically takes short-term rentals out of the residential single family areas. And if you're doing multifamily, you can only do it if you're doing uh, short-term rentals in a building with 20 units or more. And then even if you're doing it in a building with 20 units or more, only 3% of those units can be used. So that means if you had a 100-unit building, 
only three units can be used as a short-term rental. So I'm bringing all this up as not the main point, but I just want to lay the foundation of what's been proposed and passed. And what I want to say is this does not mean that this is going to take effect and that this is going to be, this is ever going to happen. Mm -hmm. And, but we have to take this seriously. This is something that is officially, you would say in law. I mean, the, the stuff has to be worked out with the legislators. The official writing has to really be put in play, but this has been passed. This is, this, this is something that if nothing were to happen, this would be at least attempted to be enforced. Now, one more thing I want to say, because I think some people or a lot of people might not understand how people, how cities are enforcing this stuff now before enforcement would be solely on the city, which means that even if they pass something really, let's just say ridiculous, mm -hmm. it could be extremely hard to enforce and it might not have so much teeth, but that's still not a good place for people to build their business on top of, of course. And even back then people could get fined a thousand dollars a day in some cities such as New York, like this is how they were doing it. But it was something almost like a cat and mouse game where they have to catch you doing short-term rentals and then and then send you fines and things like that. What's happening now, and it has been happening for at least a year, if not two years, is that platforms such as Airbnb now have the technological, they're, they're, they're at the level tech-wise to enforce it on their end. And they, by law, are they have to do that with most of these ordinances that get passed. So it's going to be on Airbnb to and, and the other platforms to do the most of the enforcement, and they're able to hmm. do it. So when, I, when we say that this, if this were to get officially like the, the light switch cut on with this, this wouldn't be where, oh, I can just operate and then get, you know, I'll just avoid the fines. No, if you don't have a license on Airbnb, your listing will be turned off like a light switch. Wow. So yeah, but again, I'm saying all this to build the foundation. This is not where it's at right now. Now, the official date that this would be quote unquote enforced is I want to say, I, I, I'm actually not looking at the, the news report. I, I, I want to say it's either December 2023 or January 2024. Okay. It's basically at the end of the year. That's, that's the main thing to say there. Okay. And so, so there's that piece. So if nothing was happening, none of this would be uh, affecting short-term rental owners until then. But here's the reason and the big piece as to why this is not done. And this actually could be a sign of, of victory uh, coming around the corner, which I know sounds crazy about after we've seen that news report and I've said all that. So I'll explain this piece. Politics in most cases, it is never a straight line. In most cases, it, it is right. not a straight line. Right. What politicians and decision makers tend to do publicly is not necessarily what is either their intent or what they think will happen fully. And I'll go into detail on how that matters with Dallas. And this is after speaking with uh, the, the lobbyists, uh, the, yeah. the Dallas SCRA has, 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 a, has a lobbying team. You know, they've done everything right. Uh, we've, we've been working together on this for, I'd say, actually about a year, over a year now. And what's happening is the, the, the decision makers had to focus on two things. It, it was already clear that the decision makers, most of them understood why short-term rentals should stay in Dallas and why they're good. The association succeeded in letting them know, hey, we're not the bad guys here. And we, and we have tons of examples of better regulation and, and, and we can work together to make this happen. And that's like on the record, that's a fact. What they also have to juggle, though, is the public perception of the neighbors, of the, of the community as a whole in Dallas, the neighborhood associations, the ones like these folks, they've been fighting this for a long time. 
and they're, let's just say, very powerful uh, as well. And so when two of those forces are coming to a head like that, right, they want to, let's say, they would love to save face and look good to the public, but they also want, you know, proper business to prevail and they don't want the small business owners, the local business owners and homeowners that are short-term rental operators yeah. to be suffering either. They recognize that they're a big voter base as well. There's again, yeah. 4,000 short-term rental homes, like all home listings on, yep. on, 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 houses, yep. on Airbnb and whatnot. So basically what is looking to be happening is they passed the law to show good face to the public and the neighborhood associations, but now want to have this really be worked out and have the actual rules be much different and much better than okay. what they are through a legal context. Meaning they're passing this, but they're expecting the upcoming lawsuit to, you know, to, to, to let conversations happen behind the scenes where, you know, things can happen and they can say that the, on the legal side, you could be like, oh, well, this legally is not you know, this actually, this could be unconstitutional or this just, just, sure. just could not be correct. Sure. Uh, you can't actually do this. Oh, okay. Well, I can't do this. Well, hey, I passed the rule. Uh, I passed what the neighborhood communities wanted. If y'all yeah. are changing it, you know, it's not my fault. You know, mm -hmm. uh, the neighborhood mm -hmm. communities, they can't be okay. mad at me. I did my part. I did my job. That makes a lot of sense. So I, I want to catch people up a little bit. We had a, a few people that joined on late. Um, and so what I just want to let everyone know, what we've been talking about with Theron here, he's the... STR hero. We're talking about Dallas. Dallas essentially passed a law through a city council meeting that went 13 hours last week and was extremely heated and was about 50-50 neighbors and 50-50 Airbnb hosts there just basically going back and forth that it's going to be banned in Dallas for single family homes and then for multifamily houses. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, Theron. It's at least 20 units. For multifamily can allow it, but only 3% of that entire 20 or more can be STRs, which by the way, that math doesn't make sense because one in 20 units is 5%. So if, if that is the numbers they're using, then that's right. wrong. <laughs> but ex ex like a whole yeah. lot of stuff. That's kind of the word of the day for yeah, this yeah. legislation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and so, but what you're saying is just because the laws pass does not mean that it is actually in effect yet. And what you're telling us is, you know, the politics side of it is essentially done where they passed the law and now the lawsuit or, you know, when the law actually gets involved, the legal side, yeah. Yeah. The legal side of it now comes in and says, actually, you can't do this, this, and this. So we have to amend this. And now everyone, the idea would be that everyone works together, right? It's not 50, 50 Airbnb versus neighbors. It's now let's come together and find a resolution for this based on a legal a legal resolution. And at that point, now the politic politicians can say, well, we passed it, but you know, that's now on, on the legal side. So, you know, just because we passed, it doesn't mean that that's exactly how it's going to go into effect this kind of, and did, did I summarize that? Okay. You did. I would say for the last piece, yeah. I would think about it like this. I think this might've been what you meant, but mm -hmm. the politicians get to say, think about it like this. Okay. Hey, I really, I'm going to be super casual about it. Mm-hmm. Let's say there's a short-term rental host here and there's a, the, the neighborhood association here, just two people, and, the, and I'm the politician. I'm talking yep. to the neighborhood association. Hey, I voted for, for the bill. Look, I'm on your side, buddy. And then I'm over here talking to the short-term rental host. Hey, look, I really right. understand this makes no sense. I'm voting on the bill. 
don't worry. The lawsuits will handle this. This doesn't okay. make any sense. This, this might not even be actually able to be legally operated. We'll, we'll work it out on the legal side. And now they look good to both parties. Does yeah. that make sense? Or, or, or most importantly, it, it, it looks good to the neighborhood association. Yeah. And unfortunately, and I think you understand this, the short-term rental community, while you know, it's confirmed that you know, most of the city council members favor and, 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 and at least acknowledge, hey, these guys are good folks. They, that neighborhood community, that's, that's much more ubiquitous than like the fabric of the city, right? Like, oh, I support neighbors. I support mm -hmm. communities. So publicly, you need to have that image there, even if you're behind the scenes saying, hey, we'll work this out for real, for real. Yeah. But we got to, you know, this is, this is a super, you know, tent pole event. This has been 13 hours. The news is covering this like crazy. I want to make sure I get reelected. Hey, let, let's do that. Let's just say that I passed it. Say that I, that I voted in y'all's in the neighborhood's favor but we'll actually do the real work behind the scenes. Sure. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. So this reminds me a little bit of Atlanta a couple of years ago where they came out and they said, we're going to ban it. And then it felt like about six months later, oh, never mind. Now you are allowed to have two permitted. Were you a part of Atlanta or is there a certain situation <laughs> that you've been a part of that kind of is a proof of concept of essentially what you're saying? Right. So, so to answer your question about Atlanta, I did like, uh, I know about the issue there. Uh, and I'd say I know about it up to a certain point. I did give just just some like out of good faith. Like I wanted to you know talk to them about Atlanta. I, I know the, a lot of the board members over there. But I, yeah, I was not involved directly. That I would say is an example of of what's happening in Dallas if there is not the proper advocacy happening behind the scenes. So, so I'd say a, a better example. And it's a little nuanced, but this will this will help. So there's there's two cities I want to bring up. There's, but I want to say that they're also not going to be exactly the one-to-one -one for this. Sure, sure. This is a situation where the, there's examples to, to show this concept, and there's examples in other industries to show this mm -hmm. concept, but this is also something where this is the biggest, highest-profile example of this. This is an example of where big cities that, you know, are going to be up next with regulations are, are, could possibly go. So there's a little bit of, hey, this is, you know, a precedent being set, but this is not new politics, if that makes sense. So there's Santa Rosa, California. Th this is an example of a smaller city where they had, and this is where they had regulations that were going to be passed, and then they attempted to do an injunction. That's an example of people using the legal side to then start to try and advocate. And then there's also Atlantic City, where they did the legal side. And they did this as a way to hold things off, make sure nothing gets enforced, and then they get to talk it out then. But here's the big thing here. Both of those cities were also cities where the level of advocacy was not at close to the level of advocacy that Dallas was doing. Okay. So they, like, their results, even, even those results vary. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Dallas has really done things right. And this is, and there is a city, and, and, and I want to make it clear again, this happened eight days ago. So... There's like, like lawyers have, there's been ongoing conversations with, with lawyers. There's, there's things like, we'll have like even more information on the, the details of the planning and other example cities as we move forward. But I wanted to make sure to break this to you, like hot off the presses. There's also a city, a smaller city outside of Dallas that did this legal route and succeeded. And that was like a full, like success situation. 
I'm going to follow up and get the exact uh, details. And the, I, I even can get the contact information. I, I met them uh, late last year. But the, the, the long story short of it is what's happening here, the advocacy part has been done the right way. And now the legal side is kind of, it's really like another way of advocating. Now that you've done the advocacy piece, if they're still not getting everything that you're trying to get or even close to it, then the legal side comes in, but yeah. you've made these relationships and you have a good, you look good to counsel. The decision makers have good relationships with the community. So when this, when this lawsuit happens, it doesn't seem adversarial yeah. like when somebody does a lawsuit out of the blue when a city is trying to pass regulations and they don't have any relationship with them. So sure. there's going to be a lot more that comes out, I'd say, within even in the next two weeks because okay. the yeah, meetings are happening right now. But yeah, like the, the, there are examples of, and, and I want to make it clear, like what legally would happen to really hold things off. Usually it's called an injunction, which mm -hmm. basically think of it as like there's a machine running. The injunction is almost like a wrench that goes in and just stops the whole machine cold. Okay. It says, hey, none of this law can actually be enforced or truly applied yet. We, you know, because of X legal reasons. And we'll need to work these out before we can do anything. And when that happens, to go back to Atlantic City, this is something that held off things for years in Atlantic City, even though I, I want to say the, the outcome, uh, because they didn't do what Dallas had done with the advocacy and actually make friends and, 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 and show the, the government that they're the good guys here. Like the, the, the outcome is what was like it, like, it did the right thing to hold things off. But the outcome wasn't there because they didn't do all the advocacy stuff yeah. behind the scenes. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And we've got a few questions coming in uh, as we're live here in Airbnb Masterminds and the Six Figure Formula. So I want to leave some time to get to those here at the end. Um, Ed, I see your question. If you have any questions right now, you're watching live, please post them. If you're watching on replay and you want to either take action or you want to ask more questions, we're going to give you some ways to do that before this is all done. All right, listen up. If you are not using Price Labs, you are literally throwing money in the trash. Dynamic pricing is a must in our industry. If you don't know what that is, dynamic pricing is just a fancy term for supply and demand pricing. When demand is high, Price Labs will get you high price bookings. And when demand is low, it will fill up your calendar while the competition overprices themselves and leaves everything vacant. I was dumb in the beginning of my short term rental journey. I thought I could do it all without Price Labs. So, one day I just said, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm going to try this thing out. And immediately my income went up 15 to 20% on my listings. I really was kicking myself. I should have been using this from the beginning. So don't make the same mistake as me. Get started with your free 30-day trial at fearlesskyle.com forward slash price labs. Or even better, how about getting 25% off your first six months as a thank you for being a part of the STR six-figure formula membership? That's right. Go to fearlesskyle.com forward slash 6FF to become a member and claim that discount today. So Theron, my next question is you're, you know, the, the whole thing that you do, right, is you come into cities just like Dallas and you help <clears throat> advocacy, you help to be able to be at the forefront of getting both sides a win-win, right? Like that's essentially what you're trying to do. So take me behind the scenes really quick of mm -hmm what your role is in this and what people can do who are listening right now to help keep Dallas alive and, and help this before it gets truly, truly approved, like you said, around December or January of this upcoming year. For sure. So what we do in general is we provide the full suite of what's needed for a city 
to get sensible regulations, whether that be building the short-term rental community there, meaning starting an association, fundraising, strategy, connections, connecting people to Airbnb, you know, uh, higher-ups and other platform higher-ups to, 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 to get the most going on that front. All of those things are the things that we do in general. In Dallas, because there is an already existing association that's been, you know, th that's really made a lot of great footholds, we provided the strategy and the outreach for fundraising. That's the biggest thing that, that we've been doing. And, and so and when you say fundraising, like, does that go to towards legal fees? Like, what does that money go towards? For sure. So it goes to anything that is needed in the association at the time. So for the advocacy phase, that was for the fees for the lobbyists, uh, fees for operating the association, website fees, fees for, you know, any, any admin, if there's, if there's an admin needed. Uh, all of the different, you know, trappings with regards to running an association, in-person events, materials for in-person events, food, drinks, if there's, you know, all, all of those sorts of things. Those are the biggest thing. It doesn't, the association members are completely volunteers, you know, that nobody's getting paid at that association. And that's usually how all of these associations work. These are folks just like you, fellow short-term rental hosts and operators that want what's best for their city. So that's what the, the funding goes towards. Now, in this case, now the, let's see, the, we'll call it the advocacy phase is done. Now that a legal phase is, it looks like it's basically needed. That's going to everything that I mentioned, but now it's legal fees. So that's what they're starting to raise funds for. They're going to be having an event, I'd say within the next two weeks as well. And, and yeah, so, so my, my, a big job of mine is to really let, you know, the world know, especially through great platforms like yours, Kyle. And, 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 you know, I talked to like basically any major company that's in the short-term real industry, I'm friends with them. And, and, and I talk to them about these issues so that they can spread the message so that, you know, we can help folks in need just like mm -hmm. when, and, and, and not just help them, then that means, Hey, okay, we've helped them. Now we see that there's a network where if I run into an issue, I know that, you know, STR hero and, and, and the, and the folks that, that work with them will be able to help me too. Awesome. So right now, if you guys are listening live, we just dropped a link in the comments uh, for where to donate if any of that calls to you right now. Whether you're in Dallas or if you're just saying, hey, uh, like I just saw Heidi said, I'm currently talking to the city staff in El Paso. Would love to help with contacting people on Airbnb and VRBO higher-ups, and we don't want to be the next Dallas. So like Heidi, if you're feeling called to help out Dallas because you don't want to be the next Dallas, then donating this cause is definitely the thing to do. Now, if you're listening on replay, we're going to have this in both the show notes on the podcast and then in the description on the YouTube channel. So let's just talk about kind of what Heidi said there, right? With higher ups at Airbnb and VRBO, how involved do these OTAs really get involved on, on this kind of situation? Or how, right, so how involved are they willing to get in these situations? So they're willing to get very, very involved. And in, especially in the tentpole cities there, they are very involved. But the problem is it's not a, it's really not an Airbnb VRBO problem. Mm -hmm. They can't solve it. They have much less power than the community actually on the ground to solve these issues. It, the community is needed to solve it. So Dallas STRA, which is the association there. And, and actually Kyle, maybe it might be good to put even Dallas STRA's website. Out. It's just dallasstra.org. Uh, but, um, you know, they're, they have the power to solve this and they're the ones that have been doing the, 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 the most, making the most impact. So what 
you think of the platforms as kind of providing air support to a degree. Mm -hmm. They are really good with helping you build your association and get your message out because they can send the community's messaging to all of the hosts that have signed up to policy emails in their in their database, which is most people. So they're really good with that. They're really good with, you know, just doing some lobbying on their end and giving you information and then giving you information on how the city wants to work with the platforms. Because again, the platforms are going to be in charge of enforcing this stuff. Yeah. So they, they're, they're really good at giving information and, and kind of, again, giving air support, but making the real impact, like they can't do it because yeah. they want to, but no amount of money, no amount of effort on their end is going to help that because they're not the people in the city. And that's what the decision makers care about. The reason why they did this strategy, you know, of passing this law and just anticipating the legal side to try and sort this out is because of the people in the city, the public perception. Yeah. So no amount of money, no amount of support from any of the platforms is, can, can change that. Heidi, I really appreciate, you know, what you're, what you're trying to do to help. What Kyle said is really, that, that is one of the best things to do. And, and I'll even follow up with some other things that I can like reciprocate for people who do want to donate to the cause. But first of all, probably Airbnb knows about what's going on in El Paso. If there's an issue. And like I said, that won't be enough. Um, it, it, it's, it's good to get in contact, but there has to be stuff done on the ground with people in the community there. And so I'll even follow up with saying that anybody who donates $250 or more, I'll give an hour of my time to fully go over any issue that you have with, with regulations. And I'll, I'll help you. I'll help you solve that. That's something that I normally charge that much for if it's just a, a regular commercial situation. Uh, if, if somebody just wants to give me, you know, bring up stuff for like, hey, there's an issue in the city. I offer that for free. You can have a free 15 minute consult with me. I just want to know what's going on and help as many people as possible. But I'll dedicate, you know, a full hour and we'll really dive into what's going on there. Uh, and that goes to anybody who donates $250 or more. But again, even if, if, if you can only donate $5, this all helps. I would say that, you know, a, a, a milestone would be for the uh, city of Dallas to raise $10,000 to get a lot of this stuff kicked off and officially get the wrench in there. And that's really going to save a lot of people just, just right off the bat. And then these conversations are going to be had in, in the meantime. Now, again, there's going to be more that comes out on what the legal proceedings are going to be. But in my experience, this is how that stuff goes. An injunction is likely going to be filed. And then the conversations are going to be had from there. That's what stops any of what was passed from happening. So yeah, just, just putting that out there. Uh, hopefully that helps people. Well, I just clicked the donate now button. So you just got one from me. So I hope other people will follow the same thing and, and help out with this situation. Um, I, I do want to give people the opportunity to ask a few questions, but I also want to just bring up how can people get connected with you? You mentioned a free 15 minute consult. If I've got some situations going on, if I'm hearing some rumblings in my market, What's the way to be able to, the best way to be able to get in contact with you? For sure. The best way is to go to strhero.com and there's a button that says free consultation. You just click that, you get to schedule it. That'll be, that, that, that's all you need to do. If you want to email me, feel free to email me at my name, Theron, at thestrhero.com. Okay. And uh, yeah, my name, my first name, that is at thestrhero.com. So was this pass in Dallas based on the lack of housing premise? Um, it seems like investors and transitional buyers like retirement buyers will be impacted 
greatly by you know uh, real estate value as well. So any thoughts on that? So when you say lack of housing permits, I think, I guess what he's saying is uh, unavailable housing, almost a little bit of an affordable housing argument. Yeah, I I think that's kind of where he's going with it. Okay, for sure. So so the the short answer is yes, but that wasn't the only reason. So the reason was, yeah, lack of housing, the the, the claim of lack of housing and and, and claiming that short-term rentals caused it, which we basically debunked right on this podcast, but there's tons of data that has been shown to them. Like they, like really (laughs) the people generally like the decision makers generally understand that that's not true but let's say the ones that 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 uh are are, are neutral or for short-term rentals which is you know at least half if not more than of, of the of the of, of the decision makers on the on the board they, they they understand that that is not you know really what's happening but again these are things that the and i don't like to say opposition i'm going to stop using that because that's really they're opposing you right now, but we're you really want to work together. All, yeah, we want to work together. We're all really on the same. We're, we're, we no. really have a lot of the same values. And, and, and the solutions that have happened in the industry have happened best when those sides have worked together. So, you know, the folks that are anti-short-term rentals, that's what they say. And unfortunately, it sounds great. It, it, you know, you don't necessarily need data to support it. It just sounds great. So people latch on to it. So... Yes, but that's not the only reason. There's that. There's the neighborhood disturbances. I think the neighborhood disturbances was a was a very big piece, especially because and that's this is another thing that 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 gets sensationalized. You know, when you hear about a new, there's a news report that comes out about a a fight happening or a shooting happening at a short term rental. It does like that. That's that's one incidence out of possibly like, probably hundreds of thousands of stays yeah. in a year. But yeah. you hear that one, and now, oh man, we got to ban short-term rentals, like because of that. Well, one you know what's funny action. to me is you'll never see uh, shooting happen at long-term rental, right? Exactly. Like, <laughs> because exactly. because oh well, everyone does long-term rentals, and of course there's going to be a shooting. Well, you know what? At short-term rentals are, and you know what? Instead, again, instead of going to the opposition, I, I do I do agree with what you said earlier in the podcast, which is we want to get rid of the bad actors, right? Right. And a like, lot of those bad actors want those things to happen. And yeah. there's 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 rules and precedents in place in other cities that yeah. clearly show that, you know, we can stop those things or really mitigate it. Not and, and if you if you notice too, yeah. most people that are dealing with I had a party or I had uh, a shooting at my house. Again, this is most people guys don't get offended if this is not you. I'm I'm just stating the facts that most people, I can remember my first year in short-term rentals, I had claim after claim and neighbor after neighbor complain all the time. Why? Because I didn't know what in the hell I was doing. I, I really just, I didn't have systems in place. I didn't know what the red flags were for looking at, at bad guests potentially. And so most of these things happen with newer or we'll call them rookie or amateur hosts. So you're either going to be one of two people if you're a rookie or amateur host right now you're going to learn enough to become a expert or you're going to keep on doing business like what Darren said as a bad actor and and it's, and you're not going to stick around whether there's regulations or not because you're going to get so fed up with all the the issues that you're having at your house anyway so i just think this cuts those people out quicker and so i like regulations i just don't think it needs to be so extreme that it needs to be like it's all or nothing right let, let's right. let's write let's keep some checks and balances on this industry to reward those who are doing business the right way 
and to keep out those who have no idea what they're doing. And, and that's, to me, any industry. Exactly. And, and, and I want to make it clear that this is not something that is just completely unfamiliar. This is something that happens in new industries pretty much all the time. Uber went through things like this. Yeah. It, it, it was a different form and, and whatnot, but they even have a name for it. It's the, the pendulum effect where it's when a new industry is put in place, things kind of will say run rampant, or at least in a lot of people's eyes, it might run rampant and there's not any regulation at all. So then, you know, you have, there's a lot of great growth. There's a lot mm -hmm. of freedom, which is good for, you know, uh, a big part of the business owners. But then there's the bad actors that, you know, abuse this and then give the industry a bad name. Then governments go and uh, impose regulation, usually way later, way after that, way, way after it's yeah. been very established and people have built their livelihoods on it. And they usually do it in a very heavy handed way. And the, the pendulum swings to this way. And it's basically, okay, let's ban uh, you can even say like you can even say the uh, like the railroad or not the railroad industry, uh, like like the oil industry. Let's ban, mm. you know. Again, I, I'm not going to go deep into that. That's not my expertise. But it's like let's ban oil fields in most areas yeah. or something like that. You know, let's stop drilling in in, in, in a bunch of areas. And, and it's very heavy handed at first. And then what happens is it, it it takes years to for for basically cooler heads to prevail, for more conversations to happen. But usually, a lot of business carnage can happen. Yeah. And, and you can stop that if you do proper advocacy, you know, early on. So, so then, but if that doesn't happen, it's all the way to, to one side. And then what usually happens is it'll, uh, in, in a lot of cases, it could even go all the way to the other side afterwards because they realize, oh man, we've done so much. Okay, we need to really loosen this up. And they loosen it up even maybe a little too much. Yeah. And they don't have all of the best things in there to really get the bad actors out of there. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is it comes to the middle and then you have the sensible regulation. Exactly. So I want to give an like example. That. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think a, an example of great regulation is probably good for the audience. And this is stuff that's been proposed to Dallas. Like, I want to really make it clear. They've had a lot of good conversations, like the, the, the short-term rental community has with Dallas about proper regulation. They've had committees over multiple years that have brought up proper regulation that have, that have looked very good. And like, this all shows that the, decision makers are willing to work with this and they and, and like it's really permeated in their minds like what this could be the, the issue is they were they had to make a decision on the 14th and they had to they, they couldn't risk looking super bad to the public let's put it like that so they had to pass something and again we really believe that this is something where they want the legal arm to to come in it's like hey it, you know we, we passed it so so we can i hate to say it like this but we passed so we can look good Let's guys put in the injunction and then let's really talk this out um, and get proper regulation in and then we'll actually enforce something. So uh, an example of that would be Columbus, Ohio. Okay. They have a three strike rule that is it, it's, it's just very good. It, it, they, they have really it, they have a really good relationship with the community. They put in a three strike rule. They, they got input from the community and worked to get together with them to get this put in play. And then even a little bit later on, they added uh, like another caveat to the three strike rule to make it even tighter on bad actors. You know, it's kind of that whole pendulum thing. Like the pendulum was a little bit over here. They even add a little bit more to make it get to a sensible place. And this is something that thankfully cities are looking at, you know, elsewhere. Like this is a, this is I'd say this is most likely going to be the way 
that most cities properly regulate is having some sort of penalty system for incidents. So yeah, just to be clear, the three strike rule, what that means is if somebody has a, a, a severe violation, like a party house, unfortunate, you know, I, I'd hope this wouldn't happen, but a shooting or th things like that, right. and a city official records it, meaning a neighbor can't complain and give you a strike. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cops have to come show up, see it's an issue, go back, record it with the city, like a whole mm -hmm. process has to okay. happen. Then that's a strike. You get a strike and Got three it. strikes and you're out. Okay. You think that's great. You know, I like that. that. Exactly. And then I and like then I even say this, they've even looked at and talked about in Dallas, didn't see caps that are sensible. We've already shown that really there, I would say there's, in my opinion, there's no need for a density cap for the amount of short-term rentals right now. But I think we all agree that we don't want, you know, short-term rentals to be oversaturated, taking over neighborhoods and no. things like that. We're okay with a sensible density yeah. cap, you know, something that, okay, instead of 3%, Maybe it's more like 30%. I'm just throwing stuff out there. Like, this is just an example, but there's examples of, of much better density caps. Chicago yep. has a density cap, which that density cap, I'd say, is actually a little, a little heavy-handed, but it's, it is workable. At scale, cool. businesses operate with the density cap over there. I want to say it's okay. about at 10%, um, and then they have four, four units and up. You okay. can have multi-fit. So, so, like, yeah, so, so in a 100-unit building, you could have a 10-unit business operation. Got no like, exemptions or, or anything like that. God. So again, cool. like, yeah. So yeah, I know that was a lot, but no, just, no, that, that's perfect. I think we're all on the same page. And I know like if a three strike rule were enforced in our area, our, our business is safe. You know, we, we don't have enough issues that would actually be recorded with the city that would scare us from, from that. Whereas a new person might get three strikes in one weekend because they have no idea what they're doing. So I like that. And this is a good way to wrap it up. Colby just commented saying i own 22 short-term rentals in dallas how can i work with you to fight this ban uh colby a couple of different things and resources that are in the comments there um strhero.com is the best way to go ahead and connect with theron and of course uh donating to the cause for dallas is also in the comments there so go check that out uh theron is there anything else you want people to know about to hear before we wrap this up and hopefully take a really good step for you in this Dallas fight. For sure. So first off, I, I, Kyle, I really want to thank you for, you know, bringing me on and, you know, and, and not only, you know, we've talked about things, we've talked about victories that, you know, STR Hero has had, you know, victories in general in the industry with regulations for a while. But I also want to thank you for, you know, really showing your support you haven't just been someone who talks about it you you'd be you'd be about it <laughs> but, but seriously right like like you know the this is what's allowed us to be successful in 10 cities to never lose is the you know the attention and support if you can share the message if you can you know volunteer in some way that's important if you can donate that's important like this is what allows us to do what we do and to help these associations win and so I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for your donation. And again, if anybody else does what Kyle does and, and Kyle did it and, and, and donates, if you donate $250 or more, I will have a, a free one hour consultation with you with regulations. If you have issues with regulations, we can get on that and completely, I can completely give you that solution. I, I'm, I'm fairly confident that if you, let's put it like this. Uh, I, I've never failed to give a solution to anybody who's had regulations issues. Mm. And even stuff, if you want to, if you don't have issues and you want to learn how to capitalize on regulations to, to build your business to, or where to look for different cities 
in, in terms of regulation to where you can, you know, have an advantage. So some people I've recommended to come to Chicago because Chicago has regulations that you have to navigate so that you can build your business. But guess what? If you take the time to navigate that, you are then in a moat where you can't really get too saturated. Yeah. You know, it protects you. Regulations is actually a good thing. So I can help you with that. Um, awesome. Anybody who does that, I'll offer that, I'll offer that hour of my time for free. Again, if you, if you just want to, you know, get to know me, if you want to, if you have an inquiry, feel free to email me. You can also book a free 15 minute consultation on my website. You know, those are all ways to reach out. I want to help as many people as possible. And for the individual that has properties in Dallas and wants to help, you know, yes, donating is the biggest thing that we can do right now, but you're in the city, you know, email me. I will also make sure to connect you. You're, you'll be connected with me and I'll also make sure that you're directly connected with Dallas STRA because legal is really the next step here and everybody coming together on one legal proceeding is really the way to go. So that's What's that email address again. The email is Theron, my first name at the strhero.com. Okay, perfect. And Heidi just said she donated. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you to anyone who does go out and donate. Uh, again, that link is in the YouTube description and uh, in the podcast show notes. If you're listening on replay and if you're watching here live, it's here in the comments. Theron, Thank you so much for taking charge on this and helping our audience and the STR world to conquer short-term rentals. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. you know, this is what I do. It's my pleasure. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and donated. Like You guys are truly one of us. We really appreciate you and spread the word. We need more people to be you know, like you guys because if the community is like this, we'll have these regulations issues solved easily. Okay, we can protect everybody if we all come together. Awesome. Thanks, Theron. All right, lots of links that we talked about, lots of options there. If you want to donate, if you want to get connected with Theron, if you want to be a part of the STR Alliance with Dallas, it's all in the links in the description below on YouTube or in the podcast show notes. So go ahead and check it out. We would love if you get connected with Theron and help this cause. Go ahead and check it down below. As for now, we'll go ahead and call this a day. We'll see you next time on the Fearless Investor Podcast, where we're helping you to conquer the world of short-term rentals. Hey, Fearless Investor community, thanks again for listening to this episode of the Fearless Investor. If you haven't already, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And for more free content, check out my YouTube channel, also called the Fearless Investor, and our website, www.fearlesskyle.com. Until next time, keep on conquering the world of short-term rentals.